Welcome to the Fredrickson Health Show, highlighting expert practitioners from health, fitness, injury prevention, functional medicine, and integrative medicine. If you are into upgrading and optimizing your health, this podcast is for you. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended to be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here is your host, Dr. Robert Fredrickson. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today we're interviewing Beth Shirley, a registered pharmacist and uh, certified clinical nutritionist who has developed a unique expertise as both a pharmacist and certified nutritionist during a distinguished 40-year career, which includes wellness and the management of new product formulations and integrative medical practice development and marketing. Beth is a um, nitric oxide clinical researcher and expert um, educator. Uh, she's been on the cutting edge of the evolution of what has now become known as the integrative pharmacy. So she's talking, uh, talks a lot about the junction between traditional pharmacy and the clinical use of nutritional supplementation. As a practitioner and educator, uh, her specialties include stress-induced hormonal imbalance, intestinal dysfunction, autoimmune and chronic inflammatory issues, detoxification, and more. So increasing the focus and integration of genetic characteristics and related nutrigenomics into clinical protocols, and for the last 10 years, Beth has worked in close collaboration with some of the world's leading thought leaders in the field of nitric oxide research. Through this, she has developed an in-depth knowledge on the topic and its potential beneficial applications in multiple aspects of patient care. In addition, she has worked closely with the scientific community and cutting-edge companies working on innovative nutritional ingredients and approaches to the use of a variety of life challenges by boosting nitric oxide. So today's episode is going to talk about nitric oxide and what it can do for your health. And so we are so happy to have you here. Thank you. Happy to be here. And we are live. So Beth, thank you so much for coming on. Your screen will be popping up right now. Or it should be. <laughs> there we there, are. Can you see me? There, okay. Good, good, good. Well, Beth, thanks so much for coming on today. We are so excited to talk and pick your brain about nitric oxide and what it is, how important it is for us. And because I, I don't think nitric oxide gets the love it deserves. What do you think about nitric doesn't. oxide? It does not, right? Um, no, it doesn't. So nitric oxide, the miracle molecule. The miracle it actually, molecule. Yeah, it touches every single physiological function. Nothing functions correctly without nitric oxide. So in 1998, three men won the Nobel Prize for their work on nitric oxide. And since then, there's been over 200,000 studies on nitric oxide. So in the scientific com community, it's pretty well known. It's just now we're getting the word out to, to everybody. So what, so Beth, what is nitric oxide? Why is, why is this a miracle molecule that no one talks about? Is it, tell us more about what it is and how our body produces it. Okay, nitric oxide is a gas like oxygen and carbon dioxide, and it's a signaling molecule. So it, it tells, it tells um, your, it tells things what to do. So it governs the circulation and the microcirculation. So this has everything to do with 
being able to deliver vitamins, nutrients, glucose, oxygen to the cells and take away the debris. So cardiovascular disease is still the number one killer in the United States. And that's a nitric oxide deficiency. Wow. So we make nitric oxide through two different pathways. The first pathway is through the arginine, NOS, nitric oxide synthase enzyme pathway. And the second pathway is through the nitrate to nitrite to nitric oxide pathway. So this NOS enzyme is real sensitive and it, it dysfunctions pretty easily, like age. By the time we're 40, this enzyme only functions about 50%. By the time we're 60, it's only functioning about 15%. Diet, the standard American diet, devoid of essential cofactors and nitrate-rich veggies, the lack of exercise, um, medications, antibiotics, antidepressants, birth control pills, NSAIDs like ibuprofen and Aleve, PPIs, the proton pump inhibitors, these inhibit the production of nitric oxide through both pathways. So those are really dangerous medications. Pollution, like anything that increases oxidative stress, like glyphosate, the, the Roundup, this uncouples that NOS enzyme. So what I mean by uncoupling the NOS enzyme when NOS is uncoupled, it doesn't make nitric oxide, it actually makes superoxide. And so when you're making superoxide, you're increasing the oxidative stress, which uncouples that NOS enzyme even more. So genetic SNPs, like anything in the NOS enzymes, um, anything that has to do with oxidative stress, the SOD, the catalase, anything that has to do with the production of BH4, your DHFR, your QDPR, you MTHFR. If you have MTHFR SNPs, you're by definition nitric oxide deficient. Awesome. And so that's about 40% of us. 40%. So Beth, let, let's back up a little bit for, uh, you mentioned some some SNPs, some uh, genetic polymorphisms that some listeners may or may not be aware of. Could you go over what those um, those four mean? I mean, MTHFR, right, methylation gene. So many people are deficient in that one. But what were the other ones you mentioned? Uh, well, the NOS SNPs, the nitric oxide synthase SNPs. Okay. And then you've got anything that, in, that can increase oxidative stress, like your SOD SNPs, your superoxide dismutase, your catalase SNPs. Your, your HFE SNPs, your iron SNPs, anything that increases iron dysregulation will increase oxidative stress. And that will increase the uncoupling of the NOS enzyme. So, so how many people have these SNPs and um, what have you seen? Is it more, more, more than people think? A lot. Yeah. A lot. I mean, just, I only know the number on the MTHFR, but that's like up to 40% of us have at least One. like a heterozygous, right? right? right. 
And so BH4, which is tetrahydrobiopterin. Okay. Okay. Anything that interferes with the production of BH4, because BH4 is what helps the NOS enzyme be coupled. Got it. And so then you've got your, your QDPR and your DHFR, the dihydrofolate reductase, those influence whether that BH4 is being made. Right, and recycled correctly. Right. Got it. And then stress is the biggest, that's, that's huge. Stress uncouples that NOS enzyme. So cortisol interferes with NOS, nitric oxide synthase. It inhibits it. It inhibits it. It inhibits the INOS, the inducible NOS, NOS2. Yep. And that, that's why when we're stressed, we get sick easier. And it inhibits the ENOS, the endothelial NOS. And that's why there's all these cardiovascular complications, the, the strokes, the, the heart attacks, the hypertension. Right. And, and so stress inhibits like the, the ability for the cell to even use the arginine through that pathway. Interesting. Right. And how many people are stressed, especially in 2020 with the COVID? Oh, man. Probably 99.5. Right. right. It's impacting our, impact our lives in so many different ways. And so um, I just want to backtrack again. I'm sorry to, to make you do no, that. No, that's okay. Uh, you're over my head for sure. But uh, can you go over the three different um, nitric oxide pathways? Um, so we got ENOS, we got Oh, the, the three different NOS enzymes? Yep. Okay, we've got NOS1 is neuronal NOS. Neuronal, okay. Okay. NOS2 is inducible INOS, and that has everything to do with our immune function. And ENOS, endothelial NOS, that has everything to do with the, the endothelium on the, the, in all the blood vessels. Got it. And so our body produces. And there's an enos, okay, in the lymph. Ah. People don't know that, but that's how the lymph flows. There's there's an endothelial nos in that lymph flow. Well, that makes sense. It's got to have a way to get pressure through the system. Mm -hmm. um, so when I first learned about nitric oxide, I just thought it was something that you got at the dentist office, like nitric oxide gas, right? Yeah. So that's inducing enos. Um, that, that, that's nitrous oxide. Nitrous. So there's a difference. There, it's different. Yeah. Of interesting. So yeah. what, what led you into this, uh, into this realm of nitric oxide? What spurred your interest into how this all works with the body? Cause it seems like no one really talks about it like you do. Well, when I became a certified clinical nutritionist in 1997, I became the pharmacist to go to if you if you wanted to get off drugs or you didn't want to go down that path to begin with. So I've been using nutrition and lifestyle modifications for quite some time in my practice. And in 2009, I met like Dr. Nathan Bryan and the people at Neogenis and they, they put out one of the first nitrate nitrite based products 
So they put out the Neo 40 lozenge and I was in on the initial formulation and the initial marketing and distribution of that. So since 2009, I've understood the value of optimizing nitric oxide. So you've got to have that circulation and microcirculation functioning or nothing works right, nothing. Exactly. So Neo 40, that's, a, that's an interesting product because it's got a double blind placebo control trial behind it. And it's from University of Texas. Right. Could you speak about that study um, what, and what they found? Um, well, the, I, I'm, I'm basically focused now on nitrate. Okay. Okay. Because the Neo 40 is a nitrite based product with citrulline. So nitrite has a half-life of about 20, 20 minutes. Okay. Nitrate has a half-life of six to eight hours. Okay. So for the past couple of years, I've been focusing on, on nitrates because they, they last longer in the body and they seem to, to work a little better. Okay. What's, what's an example of a nitrate versus a nitrite? So the Berkeley Life Professional is a nitrate-based product. Okay. And they've got clinical studies proving that works too. In fact, there was just, there was one published last year. It takes a lot to get things published. Right. There's three clinical studies showing it works, but so far only one's been published. Got it. So we're working on the other ones. Nice. So um, is citrulline and arginine, are those examples of nitrites? No, cit citrulline and arginine, see, um, the arginine NOS enzyme, okay? So the, the NOS enzyme uses arginine. However, the, the cell doesn't even pull in arginine to feed into that NOS enzyme itself. What it does is use the citrulline, makes its own arginine, to feed that NOS enzyme. It's However, when you're, you're using those amino acids though, you're just assuming that that NOS enzyme is functioning. Ah. Okay, and remember I just said that, you know, by the time we're 40, that NOS enzyme is only functioning about 50%. Right. But the beauty of nitrates, not only are you increasing nitric oxide directly, nitrates will help go around and recouple that NOS enzyme. Nitrates increase the production of BH4, that tetrahydrobiopterin. So, so you've got like multiple angles going at this to increase nitric oxide. Got it. With a combination of both nitrates and nitrates, nitrates and nitrates. <laughs> I got you know, confused. But it sounds like it's a complicated process that a lot of people don't even realize. Well, it, it's not really. So we, we consume the nitrates, either with the nitrate-rich veggies, like your arugula, spinach, butter lettuce, celery, bok choy, beets. We consume the nitrates. Are, they, they get absorbed. About 25% of it gets concentrated in the salivary glands. The salivary glands release the nitrate and we've got good bacteria on our tongue 
that will reduce that nitrate to nitrite. So nitrite is the immediate precursor to nitric oxide. So we swallow the nitrite and some of the nitrite gets reduced further to nitric oxide in the stomach, but most of it gets absorbed and acts as a reservoir for nitric oxide. And we have different enzymes in different parts of our bodies that will take that nitrite and reduce it to nitric oxide on an as needed basis. If we've got the, the, the store, like in the muscle, the myoglobin, Right. It will act like a nitrite reductase. You know, like when you're exercising and stuff, you need better circulation. You need to be, de be delivering these, the glucose, the oxygen, the nutrients to the cells, and you need to be cleaning away the debris. So that myoglobin can actually, you know, make nitric oxide in your muscles. Which we need. Yeah. So you mentioned something interesting. And so I want to talk about this. You mentioned okay. bacteria on the tongue. And uh, yeah. I, I've heard this before that mouthwash, I, want to, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on mouthwash of not being a, as healthy as we thought it was because it's washing away some of these nitric oxide producing or supporting bacteria? It's not healthy at all. So I get everybody off the mouthwash. I get everybody off of the, the, whitening toothpaste that has the hydrogen peroxide in it. Okay. I get everybody off the fluoride toothpaste because fluoride is antibacterial. Interesting. So, so interesting. yeah, like th these, like the, the mouth is part of the digestive system. So we've got the bacteria, we've got a microbiome going all the way down. And in fact, about 40, 45% of the, the bacteria that are in the mouth are the same bacteria that are in the large intestine. So if you've got dysbiosis, if you've got a like intestinal, like um, not a healthy gut, more than likely you're not gonna have a healthy mouth, microbiome in the mouth. But the cool thing about nitrate supplementation though, it helps uh, support the healthy bacteria. It increases um, the number of, and the population of this good bacteria in the mouth, in the gut, actually in the vagina, on the skin, in the urinary tract, anywhere there's a microbiome nitrates will support that microbiome. That's amazing. And with continued supplementation, you actually rebuild that healthy microbiome in your mouth as long as you're not killing it off with mouthwash or antibiotics. Well, I want to go over this again. We talk so much about the gut, the microbiome, being the second brain, 70, 80% of the immune system. But we don't talk a lot about the mouth and we don't talk a lot about mouthwash um, because I, I think there's a study, you, you probably know the study off the top of your head, but it, it was a study looking at athletes working out, eating healthy, but still using mouthwash. And they found that their, um, their vessels um, didn't get any benefit from the exercise. Precisely. Can you go over that study? That's so interesting. Well, I don't know that particular study, but Dr. Brian did a study using chlorhexidine, which is a prescription mouthwash. 
And within seven days of using this chlorhexidine, it decreased the production of nitric oxide 90%. So people's blood pressure started to raise by the second day of using this chlorhexidine. That is, wow, that, that is very, very enlightening and very crazy. Uh, it is. Because you wouldn't think something so innocuous like mouthwash uh, could do something like that. But that's why we do these podcasts because knowledge is power. So we need marketing, big, big marketing. Yeah, what, what species of bacteria Beth um, does this and produces or supports the nitric oxide pathways? Um, I don't know those right offhand. Are they aerobic, anaerobic? Just, just one. Anaerobic. 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 Yeah. And they're more on the like yeah. the back, back of the tongue, more the on uh, the dorsal aspect, back in the tongue. Yeah. Okay, in so, the crypts. So if in you brush your, if you brush the front of your tongue, you're okay. But if you start getting towards the back, you're no. Okay. Actually, Dr. Brian found that if you brush your tongue, cleaning your tongue will actually increase your good bacteria. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So clean your tongue. Cut out the mouthwash. Get out the fluoride. Yeah. So interesting. So um, any new studies that you've seen recently? I know you're working on one that I want to talk to you about. Um, but before dive into those, let's talk about how nitric oxide can have an impact on hormones, on sexual health, and on mental health. Okay. Well, um, as, as women, we can hold on to our nitric oxide production pretty good until we hit menopause. Once we hit menopause, it kind of evens out like men. So hormones influence that ENOS, the endothelial NOS. Testosterone supports it. Estrogen supports it. Uh, progesterone supports it. Thyroid su supports it. Two main hormones inhibit that enos and that is cortisol and prolactin but all of these other hormones support enos so you know keeping healthy hormone levels is important for cardiovascular health it's important for brain health you've got you've got to have optimal circulation and microcirculation in the brain to be able to get the glucose that the brain needs, the nutrients, the oxygen. Do you know the red blood cell requires nitric oxide in order to deliver oxygen to the cell? Makes and then you've got to clear away the debris because whenever you know anything is working hard, there's going to be debris. Right, right. But no one talks about this. Is that because that there's not a very good way to test for nitric oxide? I mean, it's not like a, a lab you can run in the serum. So, what, you know, besides yeah, that, it's hard to test for nitric oxide. But Berkeley Life does have a a test strip, and it it tests the nitrite concentration in your saliva. Because remember I said like the, the salivary glands release a nitrate and yep. you've got the nitrite in your saliva. So the test strip will test your ability 
to take that nitrate and make it into nitrite. And nitrite is the immediate precursor to nitric oxide. And in our studies, we have shown that the salivary and the blood levels of nitrate and nitrite correlate with nitric oxide levels on decreasing um, the blood pressure. But there's a lot of other studies that have shown that, that the salivary levels of the nitrite correlate with nitric oxide levels in the body. Interesting. So why are more, why are more doctors running these? You know, why, why don't they, if they have a hypertensive patient, very high blood pressure, why aren't doctors giving them one of these strips? Is it just because they're not educated on the, on the subject matter? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing, I'm trying to do the education right now. Yeah. Uh, integrative and functional medicine circles, but uh, it seems like the conventional doctor who sees, you know, 30, 40 patients a day, this would be a, a great, great thing to measure and to improve. It's huge because you get instant results. Yep. You get instant results. I have people, I usually test people and probably 95% of them are low. And then I'll give them two caps. And then by the end of the consult, I retest them. And then within an hour, you can actually start seeing that change on the strip. And if you don't see it change on your strip, that's when you start asking questions about the mouthwash, the antibiotics, you know, but with continued nitrate supplementation, you are rebuilding that microbiome. That's cool. So, and then with, with, with sex, um, we all know about the Viagra, the Cialis. Yep, okay. Mastery's inhibitors. Right. But these PDE5 inhibitors cannot work without adequate nitric oxide. So you've got to have enough nitric oxide in order to get the erection. The PDE5 inhibitors allow that to, to hang around longer. Got it. Okay. But you, that's, you've got to have enough nitric oxide in order to get the erection. So that's why they don't work in about 50% of the people. Right. And so that, that, that's another subject of, uh, I want to talk about is so many guys have ED and they don't want to talk about it. Um, it's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of an ego check. But there's always a root cause to why they're having poor blood flow. And so men, I don't know the exact percentage, but I know men who have ED. Um, or severe ED have a very high chance of heart attack within the next five years. So instead of just giving them a pill to fix the erectile tissue, what if they started looking at how to improve the blood flow, how to improve the nitric oxide? Um, yeah, like, like all of those things I talked about to begin with, about adding some nitrates to, to help increase the nitric oxide. Yeah, it's really, really important. So it's like ED is ED, erectile dysfunction is endothelial dysfunction. And it's the first sign of cardiovascular disease. It's the first sign. So it, it, it usually is. Yep. You know, you can still even have normal blood pressure and have ED, but this is usually the first sign that something's going, you know, you're not making enough nitric oxide. Right. You're in trouble. But so many men go to the doctor to get a pill or they go to a clinic 
per procedure or costly procedure to fix the one thing they care about the most, but they don't want to talk about exercise, eating right, getting their blood flow circulation in order. Right. I think that's the problem right there. We got to start enlightening people. Hey, if you have ED, your chances of disease are greatly increased. So, and then with women, we've got to have adequate nitric oxide too. We need enough nitric oxide in order for us to be able to respond, for us to be able to feel down there. And lubrication is nitric oxide mediated. So as women, if we can't feel, if we can't respond and we're not lubricated, do you think we really want sex? Right. Probably not so much. That makes sense. Yeah. And so you mentioned um, how, how many patients you said, like you had to do a ratio of out of 10, how many people actually had adequate nitric oxide that you would test? Oh, out of 10, a half. Yeah, what <laughs> yeah only, only about 5% of the people. So what did those patients do differently that actually had adequate nitric oxide? They were eating well. They were eating a lot of nitrate rich veggies. Yep. Okay. These are the people that are eating a lot of like arugula, a lot of beets. These, these are people that are actually, you know, really like cognizant of how they're living. And they didn't use mouthwash. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. They exercise. Right. Yep. So, so nitric oxide is also connected with anxiety and depression. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay. How's it connected? So when you're increased anxiety means decreased nitric oxide. And BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, is connected with anxiety and depression. So a deficiency of BDNF increases your chance of having anxiety and depression. BDNF is nitric oxide mediated. So having your brain be able to be, like, there's something called brain plasticity, right. which means your brain can like form new connections and, and you can learn things and memorize things. This is nitric oxide mediated. Nice. And GABA, the, the inhibitory neurotransmitter, the calmer down neurotransmitter, okay? When there's enough nitric oxide in the brain, there's more GABA in the brain. Because there's an enzyme that nitric oxide inhibits, GABA transaminase that breaks down GABA. Interesting. So is that why, is that one of the reasons why that exercise makes us feel better because we're getting more BDNF, we're getting more endorphins, we're increasing nitric oxide. Nitric oxide, you're increasing the, you're, you're also increasing the cleaning away the debris. With the lymphatic system, right? Yeah. Which we should clear when we sleep, but if we have impaired NOS synthase pathways, genetic factors, using the mouthwash day in and day out. Yeah, a lot of different factors. Yeah. And so with the test strips, um, if you're trying to improve your nitric oxide, how often um, should you test yourself? So I, I like like um, the first few days, test it, like do the couple capsules and an hour to an hour and a half later, 
test yourself. Just, I, I want to make sure that you're able to reduce that nitrate to nitrite. And once we, you know, if you're not, then we, we change around some, some factors to make sure that you're not doing the mouthwash and things like that. So after you, you've learned that, you can kind of tell, um, you, don't, you don't have to do it every day. Got it. But if I'm working with somebody and we're doing something specific, like we're working on bringing down their blood pressure, then I will have them test again later on during the day so that to, to see if they need more, more support later on during the day. So I like two capsules in the morning and then maybe some nitrate rich veggies at lunch and at dinner. And then recheck yourself in the evening to make sure that you've kept your level up. So I use two capsules twice a day myself because I'm, I have a lot of oxidative stress. So if you've got any underlying inflammation or oxidative stress, you might need two capsules twice a day. But most people is two capsules in the morning if you're working with anybody with sexual dysfunction, have them take two in the morning and then another two about an hour prior to activity. Or if you really want to exercise hard and long, take two capsules in the morning and another two capsules about an hour prior to exercise. And you'll be able to, your endurance will, will increase and your recovery time will decrease. That's interesting. So this is with the uh, the Berkeley Life product. Yeah, the Berkeley Life. Berkeley Life Professional. Berkeley Life Professional. What is in the two? Uh, what is in the products? Like the ingredients? Could you... It's a nitrate-based product, but also there's a little bit of vitamin C in there. And vitamin C helps not only acidify the stomach, so some of that nitrite can be made into nitric oxide in the stomach. But also when the NOS enzyme uses that BH4 to transfer electrons down yep. to make the nitric oxide from the arginine, BH4 then is oxidized to BH3. And if there is like vitamin C is the only nutrient that can take that BH3 back to BH4. And if there's not enough vitamin C, the BH3 is oxidized further to BH2 and BH2 uncouples the NOS. So that, is that called the arginine uh, paradox? Or basically it's getting recycled into more pro-inflammatory states going from oxidized or going from reduced to oxidized where it could be better, uh, better served if you had more acidic environment with the vitamin C or the ascorbic acid. Does that make sense? Am I butchering that? Yeah, I don't know what the arginine paradox is. Well, I've just been doing some research in, um, into the quercetin paradox. And so basically, quercetin is a hot topic with COVID. And I want to talk about that with uh, nitric oxide. But quercetin, when it gets recycled, um, if you don't have enough thiol groups or vitamin C, and also to a lesser extent, glutathione, the quercetin, when it's fighting free radicals, it gets used up and it's got to get recycled. And so 
some of these compounds can actually get recycled to more of a pro-inflammatory state. But if you have adequate storage of vitamin C and to a lesser extent glutathione, those actually get recycled in the proper way. So they call it, it's actually, you can Google it on PubMed and there's a bunch of things called the quercetin paradox. So we always like taking products that have quercetin, bromelain, vitamin C and NAC together. You know, my favorite product for allergies is natural, natural dehist, but I think kind of maybe similar, maybe it's not for arginine and the arginine paradox, but, but it's all about having the proper antioxidants and nutrients together for that proper recycling um, cascades, maybe similar to that, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. However, I don't recommend arginine to anybody. Right. Most of the studies, if you really get into them, that show arginine increased nitric oxide were done on young male athletes, 18 to 22 years old, where that, that NOS is functioning correctly. So when the NOS is functioning correctly, that arginine can feed that pathway. But when, our, when NOS is not functioning, and it's not only 50% by the time we're 40, when you're giving somebody arginine, you could actually be increasing their oxidative stress and inflammation. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, a little bit. So like, because there is the ADMA, the SDMAs, the asymmetric dimethylarginine and the symmetrical dimethylarginine. So which are predictors of heart attack. Right. So those go down or those go up, um, ENOS goes down. So it's all about right. balancing those two. Yeah, the ADMA actually fits into that, that NOS enzyme and just stops it function right there. Right. So you're really nitric oxide deficient. And so many conditions, you've got high ADMA, like obstructive sleep apnea, diabetes, neuropathies, all of these things have nitric oxide deficiency at its base. So, so important that we talk about this because I think there's not a lot of people that, that know this about nitric oxide, how important it is. So in your, in your opinion, we know that we're losing an incredible amount of nitric oxide as we get older. So like forever supplements that I, or foundational supplements that I say all the time, so like magnesium, your vitamin D, your, your multis, et cetera. Do you, do you believe that for older patients that nitric oxide is a foundational nutrient? That we should I believe the Berkeley Life is the base supplement because anything you're giving somebody, if their circulation and microcirculation isn't working, whatever you give them is not going to get to where it needs to go. Ah. Okay. Yep. If you have poor circulation, you're taking magnesium, that magnesium is not going to get delivered as well. So, no, it's not. Things aren't going to get where you want them to go. Like if you're, you're doing something specific, how do you know what you're giving somebody if it's even going to get there? Right. So, so for, um, for injuries, for chronic pain, for areas that have poor blood supplies already, and then you add in the lack of uh, ENOS to those areas, your injuries aren't going to heal, right? So your nutrients are going to get there. You're not going to have, you know, your, your joints, uh, your joint fluid that's supposed to be there. Um, right. Glycosamine and glycans, all of those different pathways in order for that to happen. So yeah, that's an incredible way to put it. So I love it. So it's not going to get to where it needs to go unless you have adequate nitric oxide. Right. In your endothelium. Now with, with healing, 
healing requires stem cell activation. Okay, and these are these are cells that they they are non-differentiated until they go somewhere specific. But nitric oxide is required for mobilization and differentiation. So nitric oxide tells these stem cells where to go and what to do. So it helps them differentiate into wherever you've got to heal. Because so, you don't heal without stem cells. Right. So nitric oxide having adequate supply if you're getting a stem cell procedure makes this, it a lot better. This is probably one of the reasons why there's stem cell failures is right. because one adequate nitric oxide to begin with. Because the stem cells are, are not like, they're not differentiated. Got it. Yep. Okay. They don't, they don't really know where to go or what to do without some instruction. Yep. So I need, I need some more nitric oxide. I'm convinced, Beth. I appreciate that. <laughs> All the knowledge you gave. I want to talk about some of the research publications that you have on the horizon of. I want to talk about the Townsend letter. Um, could you talk about that study that's about to get released soon? Yeah, my, my, my last paper, The Powerful Role of Nitrates and Nitric Oxide in Intestinal Health, will be published in the Townsend paper in May. In May. So I'm really excited about that. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And I but I, if you go to YouTube, the Berkeley Life Professional page. A lot of my my webinars are on there. Okay. So I've got I've got one on nitric oxide in hormones, nitric oxide in sexual health, nitric oxide in mental health, the the nitrates and nitric oxide in intestinal health. And right now I'm updating. I wrote nitric oxide in immune health like back last March when all of this stuff started happening. So I wrote a paper on that where all of the core morbidities, all of these people that are contracting the virus have a nitric oxide deficiency at the base, okay? They have cardiovascular disease. They have, they're obese, they have diabetes, they have autoimmune, they have COPD. These are all nitric oxide deficient states. And so the nitrates and nitride and nitric oxide will actually decrease the cytokine storm. So when, when, when you get exposed and you get sick with the virus your your inflammatory molecules kind of go crazy right and, and it it depletes the nitric oxide even more and that's when all of this the the thrombosis and all of these other like cardiovascular issues come up elevated vibrinogen right yep right and so by it, optimizing the nitric oxide, you actually downregulate that cytokine storm. You downregulate the mast cell secretion of the histamine and all these inflammatory cytokines. Okay, nitric oxide has everything to do whether you're 
you clot or not, the thrombus. Vital, vital, vital. Right. And so my, my next paper is gonna be like, I'm like a lot came out in this last year. So my next paper that is at the editors right now is the nitric oxide in immune health. And so I've gone a little bit deeper into it, into how all of these, these issues that make you more susceptible to get it are nitric oxide deficient states and how if you don't optimize your nitric oxide, you're, it's gonna be real challenging for you to get better. And now all these people are, are have these like post COVID states. Yep. Okay, they're fatigued and they can't think right. And they're, they've got high blood pressure, um, you know, you name it. it it's, it's almost everything, but it's everything that nitric oxide has to do with. So important. And um, I, I think COVID's taught us one thing is that we can't take our health for granted and we gotta make health a priorities because all the studies, like you said, if you have pre-diabetes, pre if you have hypertension and you get COVID, your outcomes are not good. And as you no, said- No, they're not at all. All depending on nitric oxide as well and that factors in. And so, yeah, I think if anything, people should start looking at this. Maybe they should, reach out to you or reach out to Berkeley and get a test strip and test your nitric oxide and find ways to boost this. And so um, for anyone listening and they're interested in where to find the test strips or where to find the products, where can they, they find those at Beth? Well, they can go to, for the test strips, they can go to Berkeley Life, B-E-R-K-E-L-E-Y, life.com. For the Berkeley Life Professional, that's a professional-only product. So if you are a practitioner, you can contact Donna at berkeleylife.com. Or we could probably even set you up with an elite account so that people can, can purchase that even from you. I appreciate that. So we, all, we also have people that aren't practitioners and people that are like really interested in their health. Where could they find their products if maybe they don't have a health practitioner? Could they go to a compounding oh. pharmacy or? Yeah, like, um, yeah, most, a lot of compounding pharmacies have it, especially here, around here. In Austin, okay. Like has it, um, Tom Schnoor's, Austin Compounding has it. Perfect. Um, Alive and Well out in Lake, um, is that Bee Caves? Yep. They have yep. or Lakeway. Most company pharmacies here in, in, in Austin have it. Awesome. Uh, there, there is one person on Amazon that, that is selling it. But get the professional, get the Berkeley Life Professional. Perfect, perfect. Well, Beth, this has been an amazing uh, segment with you talking deep about the science of nitric oxide and why it's so important. If anything, I hope someone learned something today and they start looking for ways to optimize their nitric oxide naturally. So is there anything else you'd like to share in the other papers or clinical uh, pearls they'd like to sh uh, shed, shed some lights on, shed some light on to our uh, viewers and listeners today? Um, it, it's just amazing that, see, I think one of the reasons that Nitric oxide is not as well known 
because it's complicated, because it touches every single physiological process. So it, it's a hard concept, you know, as opposed to, you know, just giving something for something. Right. This, you know, it's ubiquitous. It's, it's everywhere and, and, it's, and it's needed everywhere. Right, but it goes back to root cause medicine, defining the root cause of, of your- This is the base. This is the base, right? If, if your nitric oxide's off, everything else, everything else is gonna op, uh, you know, work optimally. So yeah, this is such a cool topic. And it, I think we gotta do it again because this was, we got some questions now that we can uncouple even more. Um, but Beth, where can people find you? Where can they find your work, your research? Um, you mentioned a YouTube channel. Is there anywhere else people can uh, find you at? Um, I post a lot on LinkedIn and Facebook. So I post a lot of these, as these studies come up, I will analyze them and, and, and post the nitric oxide connection to it. So check me out on LinkedIn and, and Facebook. Awesome. So Beth Shirley on LinkedIn, Berkeley Life on YouTube. Um, Beth, Berkeley Life Professional. Berkeley Life Professional. I'm sorry. Right. Yep. So Beth, it's been an amazing, uh, amazing honor today to speak with you, picking your brain about nitric oxide. Um, I really appreciate it. And I look forward to answering some questions and to possibly getting you on in the future for a round two episode. So, I'd be more than happy to do that. Awesome, Beth. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank right. you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to the Fredrickson Health Show. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended to be used as personalized medical advice. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review. Follow us on social media and subscribe to our email newsletter for more information.